Welcome to God's Acre On The Go, a worship podcast of the Congregational Church of New Canaan in New Canaan, Connecticut. To learn about the life of our church, our in-person ministries, and the virtual connections and offerings available, please visit us at www.godsacre.org. Now, wherever you are, wherever you are going, we welcome you to worship. Church family, this is the day the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to God's Acre on the Go. This is uh, our podcast for Kickoff Sunday. It's that Sunday when we kind of regather on God's Acre and we prepare for the upcoming uh, program year, which includes uh, another study guide and study plan for the year, which uh, has us again meditating on God's Word and uh, literally getting that Word in us through some um, uh, memorization and meditation. So uh, we hope you'll engage in that practice, whether you are near or far. When you're in town or in the uh, surrounding area, we'd love to see you in person. But when you're traveling, when you uh, are in your winter location, wherever that may be, we hope uh, that you will continue to tune in. So let us prepare our hearts and minds for worship as we listen to this morning's anthem. Thank you. 
So we begin our program year with the uh, exact same scripture that we started last program year with, and it's uh, it's the scripture in the Old Testament in the book of Deuteronomy that tells of Moses's conversation with the Israelite people after he has articulated the Ten Commandments. And so when he refers to commandments, uh, he's referring to those first ten. And in chapter six, we read this. Now, this is the commandment, the statutes and ordinances that the Lord your God charged me to teach you to observe in the land that you are about to cross into and occupy so that you and your children's children may fear the Lord your God all the days of your life and keep the decrees and his commandments that I am commanding you so that your days may be long. So they're getting ready. They're on uh, or about Mount Nebo. They're looking over the Jordan Valley. They're getting ready to move into the promised land of Canaan. And, and Moses is saying, keep the commands that we got on Mount Horeb, uh, Mount Sinai. And he goes on to say, hear therefore, O Israel, and observe the commands diligently so that it may go well with you, so that you may multiply greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey as the Lord, the God of your ancestors has promised you. Hear, O Israel, and this is our memory verse, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your might. Keep these words that I'm commanding you today in your heart. Recite them to your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're away, when you lie down and when you rise up. Bind them as a sign on your hand. Fix them as an emblem on your forehead. And write them on the doorposts of your houses and on your gates. When the Lord your God has brought you into the land that that The Lord swore to your ancestors, to Abraham, to Isaac, and Jacob, to give you a land with fine, large cities you did not build, houses filled with all sorts of goods that you did not fill, hewn cisterns that you did not hew, vineyards and olive groves that you did not plant. And when you've eaten your fill, and here's a warning, take care that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery." Let's just take a moment and pray together. Lord God, as we begin uh, this program year together, fill us with your word. Fill us with your will, your way. Let us know uh, what you want us to do, where you want us to serve, how you want us to live. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, The scripture really begs an important question. It was uh, a question clearly of primary concern for both God and Moses. And it's simply this. How were the Hebrew people going to live when they entered the promised land? After more than 400 years of slavery and after wandering for 40 years in the Sinai Desert, how would the Israelites behave when they entered the land of Canaan? when, When you enter a land flowing with milk and honey, which means an abundant land, what are people of faith supposed to do? And as I indicated, that last verse, verse 12, is a warning saying, when you've eaten your fill, take care that you do not forget, that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. Now, it probably makes sense to pause for a moment and consider the purpose of Canaan, the land of Canaan, the promised land. It was essentially the point and purpose of Eden, if you remember, the Garden of Eden. See, the earliest biblical writers and people of faith believe that all that exists, all that's around us, the created order with enough resources for everyone to have what they need, all of this was made so that we would have the time and the ability to enjoy one another and to commune with God. 
See, creation is fundamentally about relationship. We are here. We exist because apparently God desired our company and God wanted us to enjoy the companionship of others. And God's intention, evidenced uh, by the Garden of Eden, but also the land of Canaan, God's intention was to make sure that we had all we need without having to work ourselves to death so that we could kind of leisurely enjoy our God and each other. That's it. That's what this creation's about. It's, it's really that simple. But it gets complicated because it turns out something concerning tends to happen in the land of abundance. People begin to forget. People forget where they came from. People forget how they got to Canaan in the first place. People, people tend to forget the deliverance, the provision, the goodness of God. And, you know, no one really knows why this is. I, I haven't heard a great explanation. But when people take up residence in, in a land of milk and honey, a land of abundance, they begin to indulge in the abundance and perhaps even begin to think they deserve all that's been entrusted to them. And over time, people can begin to feel a little entitled to what they have. And before long, the point and purpose of creation is lost. God is forgotten. Relationships uh, with others become casualties to those consumptive desires within us. Turns out, too much of a good thing really does have a way of crowding out the time we've been given for the most essential things, loving God and enjoying one another. When life gets good, for whatever reason, we tend to forget God and God's desires for us, with, which is why there's that warning. When you've eaten your fill, when you've filled yourself, take care that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt and out of the house of slavery. Now, forgetfulness is really a cursed thing. You know, at best, forgetfulness is kind of an inconvenience. You, you forget where you placed your keys in the morning or, or you forget an appointment or maybe you forget an anniversary or a birthday. That's best case scenario. At worst, forgetfulness has a way of stripping you of your identity. I've shared this before, but it still sticks with me. Early on in my ministry, I, I went with a church member, Dick Broholm, to visit his wife, Helen, in what was referred to as the Boston Alzheimer's Center. Uh, we visited with Helen for about a half an hour or so. I remember we attempted to play checkers. We prayed the Lord's Prayer together. Uh, Helen had lived with that illness for 12 years. And at that point, all that remained was that which was at her core, which turned out for Helen to be just this very sweet spirit. I remember Dick explaining how we would end the visit. He said, we just, we're just going to get up, turn, and walk away. He said, as soon as we're out of sight, she will forget we were ever here. And then we walked out of the center, and as we did, Dick pointed out some of the notable residents. He, he pointed at a gentleman being assisted to a dining hall, and he said, that man was head of cardiology at UMass Medical Center. Pointed to another guy and said he was managing partner at such and such a law firm. Pointed to a woman, she's, he said she was headmaster at such and such a school. You know, Dick noted people who had accomplished so much in their lives, but with the loss of memory, it was like their identity vanished. And, and that's a, a jarring reminder, though, that without memory, we really are lost. We tend to be lost to ourselves and to others. Now, conversely, there's this great blessing in remembrance. And, and <clears throat> it's not merely safeguarding against being lost. No, remembrance can fill us with profound gratitude when we remember where we've come from and who's helped get us there. Remembrance can encourage us during times of trial, remembering how we've been brought through the previous trials. Remembrance can fill us with this kind of sacred awe, you know, surveying the distance we've traveled in life 
and the remarkable adventures we've had, whether they've been good or challenging. Uh, to re, I say this at funerals, to remember, to dismember means to take apart, right? To remember, to remember literally means to put back together again. When life comes apart at the seams, memory and remembrance can repair us. Remembering, it's not just an important faith practice. It turns out it's a pretty darn essential life skill. Uh, September 11th. This is a day we've been told never to forget. Never forget. For those of us who remember seeing replay after replay of planes hitting skyscrapers and towers falling to the ground, there were times. There were times when we wish we could banish those images from our minds. And, and truth be told, a little forgetfulness now and then has a way of easing trauma. But you know, 21 years after that horrific day, what it's worth asking, what is most essential to remember? I, I suspect the importance of an event like that kind of evolves and changes with time. And so I wonder, in our divided age, maybe, perhaps, what is most important to remember on an anniversary like this is how we came together as a country. I mean, can you remember that? Republicans, Democrats, liberals, conservatives, friends, foes stood together, sang together, rebuilt together. In a moment of communal trauma, kind of the inherent goodwill and generosity of spirit within our country was revealed for everyone to see. It didn't last long, but I'll tell you it was real, which means it exists and it's possible. Now, um, when we think about uh, those bonds of togetherness on a day like today, we're told never to forget, maybe that's what's most necessary to remember, to remember, to put back together again, those bonds of connection. Now, simply telling people to remember when we are naturally inclined to forget is about as helpful as telling an anxious person not to worry about something that really concerns them. However, the Bible and our God are wonderfully practical. Through Moses, God gave some really concrete steps to ensure the remembrance of our most important relationship. Remember this, the scripture says, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And, and how do you remember those words? The scripture says, recite them, regularly discuss them. Talk about what they mean with your children and your grandchildren. What does it mean to, to be fully immersed in God? But bind those words, it says, to your hand and to your forehead. Write them on your gates and your doorposts. Keep those words before you. The Lord is your God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. Yeah, I mentioned this uh, last year at this time. Orthodox Jews take this command quite literally. They will attach a mezuzah to their doorpost, a little uh, a box that has that scripture quote in it, that they touch it every time they go through a doorway or a doorpost. They'll tie a tefillin uh, to their forehead and their arm. It's a little leather box uh, that they have for morning prayers. And in that box, there's this scripture again. So Orthodox Jews deliberately put those words where they are sure to see them and feel them. There's a tactile nature to it. Keeping those words affixed to your body and, and placing them on every doorway you pass through is a concrete practice of remembering. And I'll tell you, I, I think we have something to learn here. So if life was good in the ancient land of Canaan, I've got to say, I think life is extremely good in and around new Canaan. I'll tell you, and you know this, the resources of this land are astounding. Amazing schools, beautiful parks, 
remarkable town services, beloved community traditions. You know, New Canaan and the communities around us are, are truly special. We're afforded so much, much here. I mean, life's not perfect, whatever perfect is imagined to be. But you know, we really do have everything we need. Perhaps more than enough, arguably too much. All the activities and opportunities in our lives are wonderful to a point, but there's a shadow side to all that's available to us, right? I mean, you know this. I'm not saying anything new here. Kids' activities tend to crowd out family time in communities like ours. Workaholism can bring relationships to a breaking point. You know, the, the pressure to get ahead and stay ahead pushes anxiety and depression rates through the roof in children and adults. And, and all that pressure can quickly spill over into substance abuse and or emotional or even physical abuse within households, which is a problem in our town for both children and adults. God and Moses knew too much of a good thing can prompt us to forget who we are and what we've been created for. You know, the consumption of too much milk and honey in whatever form milk and honey may take for you can cause us to lose ourselves. And it really can imperil the relationships we were created for. Remembering, remembering who we are is a key to a good long life in the land the Lord has given us to dwell. And and that was the purpose of those commands, right? God wasn't just giving rules for the sake of giving rules. No, we read, so that your days may be long. That's the purpose. Follow these commands so that your days may be long, so that it may go well with you. See, God really wants us to have a good, long life in this world, enjoying each other and being in communion with the Lord. Remembering and observing the Lord's commands, we're told are the key to that life. And, and I, I just want to say, the desires of God don't, for us don't change. Pre-COVID, during a pandemic, and, and post-COVID, God's desires for us remain steadfast to enjoy life, to enjoy each other, to enjoy the Lord. And, and the good news church family, is that on God's acre, virtually and in person, we are in the remembrance business. I mean, when we have communion, we, we say, do this in remembrance. We're in the remembrance business. We're, we're good at it too. We tell the same old story over and over and over again so no one forgets. There's nothing new here. Just a reminder that you were created primarily to be in relationship with God and one another, which is a reminder that your job your school, your academic pursuits, your avocations, your hobbies, your retirement, none of that is primary. I mean, those engagements are important and, and can be very enjoyable, but those activities can also encroach on what is most essential, loving God with all your heart, your soul, and your might. And as Jesus added, loving your neighbor, that means family, friends, and enemies, loving your neighbor as yourself. I mean, milk and honey are wonderful, but healthy and committed relationships with God and with those around us, that's most essential. So as I said, we begin a program year of remembrance right now. Like last year, we've got memory verses for each month. Uh, and we want uh, everyone, you, me, everyone, to try to commit these words uh, to mind and heart. Now, turns out memorization is good for you. Not only does it remind you of who you are, study after study shows that the regular practice of memorization can actually help combat cognitive decline. See, folks, uh, the benefits of faith activities have no end. What we do on God's acre really can make you healthier and happier. Faith practices and disciplines can assist in establishing and maintaining needed balance and perspective in life. And, and when 
you do get caught up in the unrelenting flow of milk and honey. And when you get swept up and swept away by all the good things to do and consume in a land, in the land in and around New Canaan, when you and your schedule are stuffed to the point of bursting, good news, good news, you can make your way up this hill in person or virtually. You can remember, you can be remembered, you can be put back together again. You, your friends, your family can be made whole here. Thank God for that. Really, let's give thanks to God for that. Let's pray. Uh, Lord, thanksgiving, gratitude, those should be and uh, often are daily themes for us. Every day we wake up to new opportunities, to new life is a gift. So we thank you. Uh, And Lord, we ask that as we begin this program year, you would instill in us a desire to literally put, keep, save your word within our spirit, that somehow your words of encouragement would dwell in us and reform us from the inside out. Uh, Lord God, that is a lot to ask uh, because uh, like uh, Moses' people, the Israelites, we are stiff-necked and stubborn at times, but we know, we believe, we trust that you can get through to us and move us in new and important ways. So Lord, we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. So uh, friends and church family members, wherever you happen to be, as you go into the week ahead, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with kindness and give you peace now and forevermore. Amen. Thank you for joining us for Worship on the Go. To support this podcast and the ministries of our church, please consider making a contribution by clicking the Give button in the top right on our website, www.godsacre.org, or within today's email. God bless you and have a wonderful week.